The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good evening and welcome to the Ask Your Lawyer show. My name is Esther Olasahinde of Liberty Law Solicitors and I'll be your host for today. On mic three, I have with me um, Dean Garrett. Hi, uh, everyone. Thanks for joining me, Dean, for today. So um, today's topic will be about consumer rights and what protection you have um, as a customer, um, especially with this time of the year, um, loads of gift buying and sales and Boxing Day sales and um, New Year sales. So obviously there's going to be a lot of gifts in the house. Um, And obviously you're going to want to know your um, rights because... A lot of the time, sometimes you're not happy with a gift um, and you would like to return them. So today we're just going to have a brief overview um, of what rights that you have over the purchases. So, um, Dean, what law protects your consumer rights? In the past, it used to be quite a confusing situation. Mm -hmm. You used to have the Sales of Goods Act and and Services Act. Mm -hmm. And that's all been complemented now under one singular act which is called the consumer rights act 2015 okay and that came in 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 2015 okay um and it's now set out a new test um and has given consumers a huge huge amount of power Mm. now Mm -hmm. uh, and protection okay um so with the um, other acts i know there was a sale of good acts um what else was there i think the uh, ACTA, is it unfair terms in contract consumer terms. contract regulations? Has that completely replaced it or is it just, is it like working together? It, it's now repealed some of it. Mm-hmm. It certainly hasn't got rid of the unfair contract terms mm-hmm. act, but certainly it's now complementing it. And for consumers, personal consumers, mm-hmm. you will be really looking at the Consumer Rights Act mm-hmm. 2015. Okay. And just to make a point before we move on forward, just to let our listeners know that... Um, Goods doesn't cert, um, goods doesn't actually have to be something that's tangible in, in the sense that it's something you hold. It could be a service that you've received. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And another thing to bear in mind is, is in this world, we are now buying digital mm-hmm. games on your PS3, Xbox. Yeah. It, it's music. all downloaded yeah. music. Um, and Consumer Rights Act now extends to digital content, which, mm-hmm. it never, uh, which no legislation covered beforehand. Mm. Okay, and what are the um, new rules? What it, like what's I think there's a test. What's the test? Yeah, there's three key principles here, mm-hmm. um, and the first one is that when you buy a good uh, goods or services, it has to be of satisfactory qual- uh, quality. Okay, which we'll come on to. Okay, uh, and the second criteria is it must be fit for purpose, mm-hmm. and the third one is it must be described mm. or relevant to the information given to you Mm -hmm. and again i'm happy to go into that and give you an example okay yeah i was just thinking we um because this is two-part um radio show so after the break we will go into more details and examples and real life examples for our listeners um to apply to everyday life um but just for you know for for now dean if you could just give us some examples of what satisfactory quality is so it's it's a it's the test really to apply is reasonable. Mm. Yes. So if you were to go into an expensive hi-fi shop mm. and bu- purchase yourself an expensive hi-fi, 
you would expect it to have be of reasonable quality mm -hmm. so a, a, pro, um, a good item that might have cost four to five hundred pounds you expect it to last a long time mm -hmm. equally if you were to go into a poundland shop yeah. or you know a, a bargain bucket type uh, esque shop mm. you you know those sort of quality products you don't expect in them to have the same longevity or the same use yeah so it comes down to really satisfactory quality to match what you were buying mm. intended purchase and also to be reflective in the purchase price mm -hmm. exactly and just to add to that just because the quality is not the same so for example um if you buy let's say um a watch um and the watch tells the time perfectly but then you take go swimming and it's not you know it's not uh protected by water what's the word water resistant Resist. sorry apologies not water resistant if you've paid um you know maybe a lesser amount it's not expected to do that but just because the quality is not the same it doesn't mean it should be faulty is that correct That's so correct. you shouldn't expect it to explode or stop working no and usually the assumption is there's the six month rule mm -hmm. which we really look at mm -hmm. within the first six months if there's a fault that's developed with the product mm -hmm. it's assumed to be already there when yeah. you had purchased it okay. after six months the burden falls on you to prove that the fault wasn't there in the first place and mm -hmm. it hasn't occurred through wear and tear mm. so with wear and tear could you just give us an example of what that could look like so again, if you take the classic example of maybe a car, you purchase mm, a car, mm. a brand new car, after six months, you expect it not to have issues yeah. um, or, you know, any mechanical problems. Mm -hmm. But maybe a second hand car that was purchased at, uh, you know, a few hundred pounds. Yeah. If, if you've done a lot of driving for wear and tear, you expect parts to maybe go on it or mm -hmm. tires needing replacing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, moving on to fit for purpose, any other examples we can give our listeners? So fit for purpose is if you um, if you go into a store looking for, for example, lo looking for, um, let's say, a drill. Mm -hmm. I go into a hardware shop and I want to buy a drill set that will enable me to put up shelves. Mm -hmm. I, buy the, I speak to a salesperson mm -hmm. who tells me, yes. This is um, this drill will do the job for you. Yeah, I take it home and I like to find out actually it isn't a masonry drill. Mm -hmm. I cannot drill into the wall mm -hmm. uh, as I was told I could. It's not fit for purpose. Mm -hmm. There may not be something anything wrong with the drill. Mm -hmm. It's suitable for everything else like mm -hmm. wood or and that. But because it's not a masonry drill, it's not fit for purpose for mm -hmm. what I intended to buy it for. Yeah. And I think that's that really um, comes into practice with shopping online um, because you read descriptions or you don't read it well enough and then the product comes and it's 10 times smaller than you thought or the colour's a bit off. So I think, you know, just for our listeners to bear that in mind that this may come into play a lot with online shopping and in this day and age, a lot of purchases are done online. You find that not, not a lot of people um, are going to shops to buy their goods um so um in regard if someone isn't happy what can they do um going forward i mean i know this easiest way is to maybe go back to the shop um and return it but what rights do customers have under the consumer rights act so within the first 30 days mm -hmm. 
uh, with the exception of digital content, which we'll explain later, mm -hmm. you can ask for an immediate refund. Mm -hmm. If a fault is developed or you're not happy with the um, goods mm -hmm. that you have purchased, you mm -hmm. can ask for an immediate refund. Mm -hmm. After 30 days, yeah. if a uh, def um, fault develops, mm -hmm. The, the company who, who or the store that you've purchased your product mm -hmm. will have the opportunity to offer a repair okay. to the product. Mm -hmm. um, and if that um, doesn't work out, mm -hmm. then they can give you a refund. Mm -hmm. But this is where it gets a bit more confusing, but mm -hmm. it makes sense. Mm -hmm. If I was to buy, for example, a motor scooter, mm. okay, mobility scooter, and I've purchased it and after six months... The battery, I note, is, is not lasting as long. Mm -hmm. I take it into the shop and they replace the battery. Yeah. But then after six months again, I notice the battery isn't lasting as mm -hmm. long. Mm -hmm. Now, at that point, I would have bought that good under the understanding that I wouldn't need to replace the battery every six months. Yeah. Or it wasn't sold to me under that, that description. Pretense, yeah. Because yeah. mm. you expect, you know, something, a motor scooter and mobility scooter it can cost quite a lot of money mm. um so in a case scenario like that the retailer who sold it to you will have the opportunity to again offer you the opportunity of having it replaced again the battery mm -hmm. or to give me a refund but to reflect the wear usage mm. out of it so i may not get the full refund yeah. because i've had a year's surface out of it mm, okay. years worth of use mm -hmm. but certainly i would be entitled to some refund mm -hmm. okay and um just to um add to what dean has said um all of these scenarios we're giving you are you know subject to its own circumstances that's why i think this topic is quite um i wouldn't say difficult but Every scenario is dependent on uh, the context and what's happened, what the product is, um, what the consumer um, ha expects from the product. So if you have any other ongoing issues, where can somebody go? Is there any some sort of helplines or complaints that they can put, go forward to? So the first port of call will always be to raise the complaint with the retailer itself. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you're outside the 30-day window mm -hmm. uh, of getting your immediate refund back, mm -hmm. you'll have the option of a repair or a re replacement. And mm -hmm. that often will be at the choice of the retailer. Yeah. So, again, to give another example, if you buy a washing machine um, and the cost of repairing it outweighs the cost of a replacement, mm -hmm. a retailer may just take the option to replace it. Mm -hmm. um, but if that repair cost is below the cost of mm. replacement the mm. retailer will probably just seek to repair it mm -hmm. okay and the choice will be up to them but if you're still remaining unsatisfied at that point or it's unresolved mm. once you've explored the issue with the um you know the company and it still that hasn't resolved itself yeah. Yeah. there is usually a lot of alternative dispute resolution services out mm -hmm. there and a lot of these big retailers will subscribe to yeah. one of these adrs we call them mm. short-term alternative dispute um and certainly they, they're there to assist mm -hmm. and to avoid the matter escalating or going any further. Any further, yeah, exactly. If that still doesn't resolve, then the courts and the um, small claims courts um, always remain an option. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just to our listeners um, that are tuning in, 
You can also go to uh, Citizens Advice if you have any queries that you you know you think it might not go that far to going to any sort of claims court. Um, go to your local Citizens Advice. They have a lot of um, helplines that they could direct you to. Um, there's uh, ombudsmen that can you can make complaints against. Yes, yeah. uh, and and, that, and that's an option that you should really explore because. Practically speaking, if you were to go to the courts, mm-hmm. um, you, there's going to be legal fees incurred Cost. yeah. and costs incurred if you're not successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, in you know, if an item isn't high value, mm-hmm. it's something to bear in mind that you, the amount of cost you, you're spending in getting let, getting an item refunded or mm. replaced may actually out you know may be outweighed by the cost of going to court. So mm-hmm. going to your ombudsman. Um, whether it's the financial services ombudsman or, you know, there's a whole, you know, a list of ombudsmans out there, mm. uh, depending on what circumstances you're looking at, yeah, uh, what product you've bought or services you've bought. Mm-hmm. And, and that should definitely be your first port of call. Okay. And um, you mentioned earlier, because um, we gave a list of um, issues and goods. So we uh, gave an example that digital... Um, 21st century now we are dealing with a lot of digital goods um, downloads music podcasts uh, films you you name it what now can we say about digital content so with digital content once you've downloaded or you've purchased purchased and downloaded your digital content Mm -hmm. uh, content let's say a series a tv series you've purchased Mm -hmm. you will not be entitled to a refund on that purchase okay the reason being behind that and the logic behind that is if you purchased a series and you started watching it Mm -mm. you've already consumed it Mm -hmm. where your rights now extend to digital content is where let's say on that tv series the last episode didn't work the Mm -hmm. finale Mm -hmm. you your your right would be to have either the series um download read the, the opportunity to redownload it, it. Mm. or it to be replaced mm-hmm. so that you can complete the you know the tv series so yeah. if you purchase 13 episodes you're entitled to, to have the 13 episodes and mm-hmm. you can raise a complaint if only 10 or 11 were successfully downloaded mm-hmm. okay um do you find that maybe having a digital good is you find that there's less complaints or less issues or i i think i'd say they're probably the same wouldn't you? This is just a personal <laughs> question. Well, with digital content, you have to be a lot more careful because mm-hmm. your options of just returning that digital content. Yeah. Let's say it was a TV series and it didn't live up to your expectation mm-hmm. or it wasn't how you imagined that would be. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have the same rights as if, you know, looking at the latest computer, mm-hmm. you know, and whether that lived up to the expectation you or the description given to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to be mindful on what you purchase. And certainly digital content these days, mm. if you were to buy a computer game, for example, for your latest console, mm-hmm. they're extremely expensive, 60 to 70 pounds. So yeah. it is something to be mindful mm-hmm. of that you wouldn't be necessarily entitled to a refund. Okay. And apologies to go back, but this is just a question that's popped up um, in my head. You mentioned about the time limit that you have to either return a good or ask for a um, some sort of replacement. It's 30 days. Is that correct? That's 30 days. Usually it's the position. So from what I know, it's 30 days from when you become an owner of that 
gift. So obviously it's Christmas time and it's sales time and the year's coming to an end. I'm going to have more January sales. For instance, if I bought a gift today and um, I gave it to you tomorrow and you open it tomorrow or yeah. a week later, all I'm trying to say basically is that ownership has that now transferred to you or is that obligation still on me so this is where you would often look to ensure that you have a gift receipt mm. so that you can gift that receipt to mm -hmm. your, to, to the person the ownership remains with you with um, me the with buyer you, the original buyer okay uh think of it as a contract law the contract with the retailer was with you not necessarily with me mm. even though i received the gift okay so Yes, and that's something that shoppers should be mindful of, and you know, especially with gifts, mm -hmm. that you give a gift receipt because then it enables the retailer to, you know, deal with that complaint, any complaints I have with mm -hmm. me personally, yeah. as opposed to you. Okay, and could you just provide us um, some more examples of what a service is? Because at the start we made mention of um, goods that you can bring your the Consumer Rights Act. Um, protects not only something that's tangible so again like a service if you've not received good service if you've not received any good customer service what other examples of services are there so there's um services is, has such a wide meaning mm -hmm. and it really encompasses from let's say um getting a repairman out to fix your plumbing for example mm -hmm. um it, it extends to getting a haircut Mm. That would be a surface mm -hmm. where you would expect reasonable care and skill. Yeah. And that's the test there for mm -hmm. surfaces. Mm -hmm. Has that surface been delivered to you with reasonable care and, and skill? Mm -hmm. So if I take the example of a haircut, uh, hairdresser, mm. it, I go in and get my hair cut, but the haircut is cut too short mm. or, or not to the specification that I asked for it to mm -hmm. be done. Mm -hmm. The issue there is that that service hasn't been given to me as described, as, as I've requested it to be, yeah. mm -hmm. or with the skill that was required. Mm -hmm. In a search situation like that, like that, a service is still being performed, mm. but I would certainly be entitled to a partial refund. Okay. I think that might cause some uh, difficulties in the sense that, Obviously, you start. Um, you stated at the beginning that it's what a reasonable person may seem as fit for purpose. Um, so, if someone now says, with the haircut example, the owner may say it's perfectly fine. I mean, I think that's where the dispute normally arises. Ar arises. Is that correct? It is, mm. but certainly with a with um, you know, with any service that you're receiving, mm. it has to be the information led. So. If I go in and I don't give any instructions to my hairdresser, mm -hmm. then certainly you could argue that he cut it as as he thought was reasonably suitable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But with with these sort of modern day services, you will go in, you will say, I want it short around my sides, mm -hmm. long at the top. You'll give them a design brief mm -hmm. of how you want your hair to end up. Mm -hmm. And certainly if it's, you know, drastically yeah completely short all over mm. then you're going to want a refund back yeah or certainly all of your money back mm -hmm. but it, it, again if it's it's it all comes down to what is reasonable mm -hmm. okay and moving on to um unfair terms in a contract contract i think it's short for acta um or we say acta for short um but what exactly is unfair contract terms 
So uh, this is where you you where there will be hidden charges applied mm-hmm. or the small print mm. what we're usually looking at. Mm-hmm. So fees and charges in the small print mm-hmm. or where there's you purchase something and it Um, and the terms and conditions are actually not given to you at the point of sale. Mm, mm-hmm. It's given to you afterwards in a booklet that mm. you may not have been given to at, at the, the time of yeah. purchase mm-hmm. or even knew about. And it only arises after you return it. That mm-hmm. would be an, you know, an unfair contract term. And certainly mm-hmm. any company wishes, wishing to rely on that will mm-hmm. have to sh- prove that it's not unfair. Mm-hmm. And that this information was given to you at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And with um, having unfair contract terms, because, again, I know I keep going back to digital, but that is, this is something that, you know, affects our lives because of the day and age that we're living in. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, have, a lot of our listeners have bought something online. And before you can actually sign up to the website or purchase it, you have to click on the terms and conditions. Now, is it? A rare, is it rare for unfair terms to be part of the T's and C's? Or is it just something that, you know, standard so procedure? With websites, mm-hmm. as long as it's been advertised, it's available to you to read. Mm-hmm. You, should, you should take the time to read just the small print, mm-hmm. the terms and conditions. Mm-hmm. A lot of you people should, don't. <laughs> no, you, they don't. But and we should because it's we there. Should. Yeah. We really should. Mm-hmm. But it, let's take, for example, insurance. Lots of people would have bought their car insurance yeah. over the telephone. Mm-hmm. Again, they will read out and they will feel obligated to read out to you um, their terms and conditions, mm-hmm. such as late payment cancellation, my rights to recounsel it within 14 days. Mm-hmm. They, they will spell all those. And if I don't, what the what the consequences of that will be. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to me at that point whether I wish to subscribe and take out that service mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just to add to that, normally with terms um, and conditions, your obligations, both obligations for each party, the buyer and the um, seller, it should be quite clear cut. So normally in T's and C's, you shouldn't really find any some any sort of fees or hidden charges or something that tries to um, limit your rights. If you do see any terms of that in the contract, and that's when you should um, seek legal advice, probably before purchasing if you, you know, have... Cert- such terms. Certainly with the courts, if it, if it went that far mm. uh, and they decide that a, t- a particular term is unfair, mm-hmm. they will either seek to allow you to ignore that term mm-hmm. or cancel your contract without, let's say, having to pay any cancel- cancellation fees or those hidden charges. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think we're coming towards the end of our first half, um, but I'd just like to recap with Dean what we've um, discussed So the topic of today is um, consumer rights and your, uh, you know, how you are protected. Um, The reason for the topic of today, sales are coming out and loads of gifts are being brought at this time of the year. Um, And people need to know what rights they have. I feel like um, a lot of us, including myself, we don't actually understand the rights that are given um, to us under the goods that we buy. Um, We also may be a bit mis. Uh, misinformed about what actually constitutes to a um, to good. So, Dean, if you could just help me round up. Um, so, what how what act what provision protects us under this topic? So, for consumers, we're looking at the Consumer Rights Act 2015, and Perfect. that's the new act, which is really 
encompasses it all now. Mm-hmm. Um, and under that, what we're looking at is if we're buying a uh, buying goods, mm-hmm. that those goods are of one satisfactory quality, mm-hmm. two fit for purpose, and three as described. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And with that, we're also looking at services mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And the Consumer Rights Act applies to services Mm -hmm. and we describe what a service is Um, these are non-tangible items such as getting your hair cut Mm -hmm. um, seeking a repair Mm -hmm. man to come out to your property to Mm -hmm. do the plumbing or Mm -hmm. electrician these would fall under the consumer rights act and under that you're entitled to to receive a service as described and um, with reasonable skill and Mm -hmm. care okay and briefly what if someone is not happy with a product what can they do so Within the first 30 days, you're, mm-hmm. uh, with goods, you can, uh, you can seek to get a refund back. Mm-hmm. After the 30-day period, you um, will have to show to the, that the fault, well, usually within the first six months, it's assumed that with a product that the fault was already there at mm-hmm. the time of purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, after 30 days, you can either look to have it replaced or repaired by the retailer. Perfect. And lastly, let's just quickly have a quick brief um recap of unfair contract terms so unfair contract terms are terms that weren't were hidden or weren't provided at the first opportunity Mm -hmm. Um, and they usually relate to the small print Mm -hmm. Um, if you weren't given that information at the beginning or didn't realize that you were contracting into this these terms Mm -hmm. which weren't made clear to you at the very beginning you're you can look to either have those terms set aside Mm -hmm. and certainly you would question whether those hidden charges or cancellation fees would apply Mm -hmm. perfect thank you so much dean for that recap and thank you to all our listeners that has joined us in the first half but please do join us again this is going to be a short break um for the second half where we'll be providing you um our listeners with examples um of using and applying the new consumer laws to purchasing of goods thank you You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programmes from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. And welcome back to the Ask Your Lawyer show. Um, my name is Esther Olasahinde of Liberty Law Solicitors, and I'll be hosting the show for today on mic three. Joining me again uh, for part two, I have Dean Garrett from Liberty Law Solicitors. Hello, yeah. everyone. Thank you, Dean, so much for joining me. Um, so the topic of today is consumer rights. Uh, before the break, we were just discussing um, what exactly are goods, what constitutes a service and the uh, um, three-stage test under the Consumer Rights Act. That is what governs um, and regulates um, the purchases of goods. We also discussed about unfair contract terms and what you can do if you're not happy um, with a product. Um, So moving on to part two, um, we're just basically going to have some sort of workshop, if that makes sense, where we'll give you guys examples, um, common examples, especially in this day and age, of um, applying the Consumer Rights Act to everyday uh, issues. So, Dean, I know, I don't know about you, but around this time of the year and also having birthdays and the New Year and Christmas, um, I get gift cards. <laughs> so how does that play a part under the Consumer Rights Act? What rights do I have with all these gift cards that I'll with hopefully get? With gift cards, I'm glad you brought it out. Mm-hmm. It's actually 
separate to separate to the Consumer Rights Act. Mm -hmm. It's still everything applies underneath it. Mm -hmm. But with gift cards, you have to be cautious with with them. Mm. Let's say with vouchers and your day um, experiences that you can buy from your common, you know, experience websites, mm. they usually have an expiry date. Yes. And once it's expired, that's part of the terms of the contract. It can no longer be used. And mm. expiry, you know, these gift cards are often purchased, and they will have maybe six months to a year. Some retailers do now offer unlimited time limits, mm -hmm. but it's always worth checking before buying a gift card mm -hmm. or a voucher. What's the expiry date? Mm. And ensuring that the person who's receiving that gift knows that's the time limit. Yeah. And then I'm glad you said about the um, expiry dates, because I think as of recent, I think we're all aware about TUI that, you know, the plane company that went bust and a lot of people complaining that they had vouchers to use. How does that play a part? Because me, I even my own personal opinion, it's, some people may say it's not fair. What can they do now? Because that money that they spent is in a voucher. So I'm going to give some practical tips probably on how to approach this in the future if you mm -hmm. are looking to buy voucher and gift cards. Mm -hmm. But if a company goes bust or goes under, mm -hmm. you're really, you know, these vouchers and gift cards are likely to be rendered useless. Yeah, well. Because when a company goes under, it will go into administrators mm -hmm. and you essentially become a creditor, mm -hmm. owed money. Mm -hmm. But if there's insufficient money in the pot, it's unlikely that you're going to receive anything mm. back or, you know, maybe only a percentage of what mm. was purchased. Exactly. So mm -hmm. and, and that's really my, you know, you really should be careful when buying a gift cards. Mm -hmm. um, they can be useful, you know, if you don't know who to buy for. But yeah. certainly nothing beats giving, having tangible cash mm -hmm. because, you know, it doesn't come with, let's say, for example, the same time limits mm. or restrictions. Yeah. That's another thing to be careful about with gift cards. And with vouchers, they can include restrictions, mm -hmm. such as only being able to be used at the weekend, for example, or not applicable on all goods or mm -hmm. items. Mm -hmm. So it's useful to check that, you know, these gift cards and vouchers aren't put to the same restrictions. Mm. Finally, I would I probably would add that you need to also be cautious about refunds yeah. when it comes to gift cards. Mm -hmm. Normally, when in a refund situation... Mm -hmm. If you purchase through your credit card, debit card, or um, or cash, mm. you would, within the first 30 days under the Consumer Rights Act, be entitled to a full refund. Yeah. In With gift cards, you're likely only to receive the store credit mm -hmm. or another gift card replacing that. Yeah. Um, so, you're, you know, you may spend £100 on a gift card mm. or you've really not happy with a service or, or goods that you've purchased from a retailer and you do not want to go back. And the only recourse that you have is to have it put back on a gift card. Yeah. And certainly I have to speak from, you know... Personal. Personal. <laughs> I won't name the electrical, you know, Company, shop retailer, yeah. but certainly I had this issue. Yes. I purchased a gift card. Mm -hmm. I went out to use it to buy an electrical item mm -hmm. um, and the item never got delivered. And this happened on numerous occasions. Mm -hmm. I cancelled the delivery and I was told that I was only entitled to have a gift card back. Hmm. So to avoid all that angst and, you know, complaints being, I, I managed to get it resolved in the end. Yeah. But to avoid that, you have to be cautious. Mm -hmm. Because certainly there, there'll be terms and conditions there that mm -hmm. only enable to have a refund back on your card. Mm, okay. I'm glad you're giving all of these examples because, again, I don't think a lot of people may know. I mean, I certainly didn't know. Um, but... Thank you for that, Dean. Um, so moving forward, um, how about paying by credit card? So this is the practical tips. Mm -hmm. When you're making a large purchase, mm -hmm. 
Uh, and when I say large, we're referring to purchases between £100 to £30,000. Mm-hmm. You'll be co- covered by the um, credit card um, by the credit card company under the Consumer Credit Card Act. Okay. And what that means is, and this is very useful, the credit card company actually becomes jointly and severally liable mm-hmm. with the retailer mm-hmm. who you've purchased it. Because their items being, or services being purchased on a credit. Mm-hmm. So the credit card company shares that liability. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you buy um, goods mm-hmm. and you realise, in actual fact, it never got delivered or it was a scam. Yeah. Your credit card company will be liable as, as that person who scammed or didn't deliver the services or goods as mm-hmm. promised. And you're, you know, you, you're really going to be able to get your money back yeah. because certainly you can take your complaint up against a credit card company. Mm-hmm. And it's really good protection there. With debit cards, that same protection isn't, isn't there, mm. uh, not to the same degree. You'll have something known as a chargeback scheme. Yeah. And this is useful for purchase, um, items under £100 mm-hmm. where it can be, you know, the, the items that you're complaining about, goods or services under £100, can be charged back from the retailer or person you've spent the service, mm-hmm. um, the money with. But that doesn't always apply. Yeah. And banks may not always be able to ret- charge back that sum. Mm-hmm. But with credit cards, you because the credit card company is liable mm-hmm. with that retailer or the service provider, mm-hmm. you have someone a recourse to go back to seek that money back. Mm. Okay. So it's a really, really top tip. If you're going to make a large purchase, again, under 30000 I have to say. Mm. But if you are going to buy a holiday in advance, mm-hmm. make sure you buy it on a credit card. It gives you that a bit more protection. More protection than a debit card. Yes. Interesting. I didn't know that at all. Uh, and, you know, and that's a top tip. You mm-hmm. know, with, with recent you know, companies, go, big household names going under, mm-hmm. it's something to bear in mind. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, with credit cards, people t- often have a negative view to them. Mm. Um, but certainly, if you you know you're using that card diligently and and you're making these sort of purchases, mm-hmm. it it can be a very smart choice. Okay. For, with the protection being offered to you. Interesting, interesting. And next topic would be trains. Now, before you go on to trains, from what I have always known is if a train, and apologies if this is going off topic, but I just wanted to put this forward. It might might relate if you i think if your train is 15 minutes late you're due for a refund but i've had a friend who the train was three hours the delays cuts services were bad and their refund was 25p so how i mean give us a give us the rundown on trains and see if that can help us with that situation I'm glad you put the topic trains in because mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of people traveling back home mm. or from university to be with family. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to know what your rights are with trains. Okay. And what you're referring to is often called delay, replay, delay repay. Okay. And usually, yes, you're right. After, with any delay of at least 15 minutes to 30, half an hour, mm-hmm. you should be able to get a refund back. Mm-hmm. But there will be certain circumstances where that won't apply. Mm. And again, I have to put a caveat. Certain rail companies are generous. Or they have, you know, uh, a very good policy mm-hmm. or a charter. That mm-hmm. It will usually be called a rail charter. They're pledged to you. And the delay repay terms and conditions on how they will refund or what they will deem the percentage of your refund really depends on the service provider you go with. Okay. So it's something really worth looking at because... These rail providers need to be held accountable. Yeah. 
And if their chances aren't favourable, complaints need to be raised. Mm -hmm. Uh, But certainly the general position is if it's 15 minutes to half an hour late, then you're entitled to some refund partial mm-hmm. or maybe even a full refund mm-hmm. and again you know I, I've had it in circumstances where I've been ha- delayed by half an hour yeah. and I've been given 25% back okay. so it really comes down to the delays but it gets a bit more complicated mm. because that's the, the delay repay I urge everyone to get if you're traveling on the same rail providers have a look on their website mm-hmm. to look at what their charter pledges to you mm-hmm. and understand the scheme because certainly if you're traveling, commuting every day into work or, mm. or places, you should be seeking your refund if you are delayed. Mm. There will be, you know, again, I said exceptions to this rule, such as, um, let's say, a, a full uh, strike or engineering mm. work. Yeah. And that may not be covered. Okay. But certainly if you are commuting and you have a season ticket or um, weekly or monthly ticket. When it comes to renewal, you should be entitled to a discount mm-hmm. if the company hasn't actually left lived up to what it's meant its performance should be. Mm-hmm. So if um, um, if they've missed their performance targets, you should be challenging and certainly looking for a discount on your renewal. Mm-hmm. And 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 that is key because that's the only way you're going to hold these companies to account. Mm-hmm. And that's something that. Um, a power that I'm not sure many people are using or yeah. utilising and making sure they are applying for that discount upon mm-hmm. renewal. Mm-hmm. Where the credit, um, sorry, not credit, Consumer Rights Act 2015 comes into mm-hmm. for trains mm-hmm. is you can still make, if, if that doesn't work out, you know, you, can, you haven't been able to claim back or delay or repay or get a discount renewal, mm-hmm. you can look to bring a claim against under the Consumer Rights Act, where, again, the test will be, because it's a service being provided. Mm-hmm. Have they acted with reasonable care and skill? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say, for example, breach of reasonable care and skill. Uh, they've messed up the timetabling. Um, and as a result, the trains are severely overcrowded. Mm. Or you've because of the delays caused for whatever reason, mismanagement, for mm-hmm. example, you've missed a connecting journey. Mm-hmm. And as such, you've had to pay out additional sums to make a new new journey or yeah. pay then you'd be entitled to claim that money back mm-hmm. and, and certainly would have an actionable case. But with where it comes, where the Consumer Rights Act applies, mm-hmm. you, while you can claim what we call as consequential losses, so losses arising from the rail company's breaches mm-hmm. or failure to perform, it must be linked. You must be able to show that because of their failure to provide a good service, mm-hmm. you've suffered a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would urge is, Always, before going down the drastic route of going to, you know, start court action. Yeah. Raise that complaint with the rail companies. Mm-hmm. And if no responses is given to you after 40 days, raise it with the um, rail ombudsman. Yes. Who we referred, you know, there's many ombudsman services and mm-hmm. ADRs, mm-hmm. alternative dispute resolution schemes mm-hmm. out there. And, you know, this is something you should hold these rail companies particularly to account mm-hmm. and the rail ombudsman is a fantastic service to use and just to add to that and also ask a question these um resolutions they're normally free aren't they yes they'll be free yeah and it will be time t- tabled managed mm-hmm. as well so you know you'll uh, the rail ombudsman will give you what part of their they'll investigate the problem mm-hmm. and you know they can order a company to, uh, rail company to pay you back some mm-hmm. compensation mm. you know and certainly if they are continuously receiving complaints they can raise this fur- further mm. with national government over you know over the service that it's, it's yeah. pr- providing if, if they're seeing like a reoccurring problem that's not being resolved yes yeah okay and another um 
service or goods that is relating to uh, travel. travel is flights. Like obviously this time of the year, people are um, traveling back home, maybe visiting family. So what can we say about flights? So with in the European Union, if mm. your flight is going to be within the EU, mm-hmm. you may be entitled to up to 600 euros. Okay, compensation. Compensation. If if your flight has been delayed for more than four hours. Okay. Um, outside of Europe, it really depends on the, the, the who so you're flying with, mm, mm. okay, and what destination you're going to. Mm-hmm. Certainly within Europe itself, have a look at that. If you've, your flight's been delayed by more than four hours, there's a compensation scheme that you can apply for, mm-hmm. and you can get up to a maximum of 600 euros. Okay. If it's between two and four hours, mm. what you're entitled to really depends on the distance you've got to travel, yeah. the flight time, so whether it's a short haul or a long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's between two to four hours, you may be, you should be entitled, let's say if it's more than a two hour delay, mm-hmm. to, to a free phone call, mm-hmm. at least two free phone calls, mm-hmm. email or fax. Um, if it's longer than four hours, uh, you know, more than two, two to four hours, you certainly would be looking at maybe a free meal okay. or, or, or so, you know, or, or something as appropriate to the delay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if it's an overnight, you know, a longer delay than four hours, in mm-hmm. addition to the compensation, you would be probably looking at hotel comp- uh, accommodation if you're having to stay overnight. Yeah. And again, that will be something that you can, that the airline companies will have in, in place. Mm. And certainly it's something that you need to raise at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you should also be able to claim as well out-of-pocket expenses. Okay. But you, again, you will have to show and demonstrate that those out of lost pocket expenses mm-hmm. occurred because of the airline has failed mm, if in it some were necessary, way. Yeah. So if you missed a day of your holiday, for example, mm-hmm. and it's through the airline's fault, then certainly you should be able to claim the reasonable cost for that lost day of accommodation you mm-hmm. had, mm-hmm. or if you had bought a um, uh, an ex- ex- excursion trip mm-hmm. and you've missed that as a result, mm-hmm. you should be able to claim back the reasonable cost for that excursion mm-hmm. that you've paid out. Again, with everything, there's exceptions to this. Yes. And a rail company will not, as uh, not a rail, uh, airline company will not have to pay out of pocket expenses, for example, mm-hmm. if they can show that the reason for the delay was because of extraordinary circumstances, mm-hmm. something outside of their control. Yeah. But I would add that airline strikes, so we had recently Ryanair and a few of the other budget airline mm-hmm. pilots going on strike, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be considered out of the ordinary. Yeah. And certainly under that, you would be entitled to receiving compensation. Mm-hmm. And certainly if you've suffered out-of-pocket uh, losses, mm. you should be seeking to claim that back. Okay. And apologies to make you um, go back, but you said you gave examples of to what people could be entitled to um, if there's a delay between two and four hours. And you mentioned two um, free phone calls and emails. What does that mean? Does that mean to contact people back in your home country or...? Yes, if you need to, for example, contact a hotel that you're traveling to, mm. or if you've got people waiting for you at the air, at, you know, receiving airline, you okay. should be able to, they should provide a service to you to allow you to communicate, mm-hmm. and whether that's by phone calls or by emails. And they should actually, you know, there's the minimum standard that they should give if it's a delay between two to four hours is at least two phone calls mm-hmm. and the opportunity to at least send two emails okay. or faxes, if, if you still use mm. fax. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> and... So moving forward, we're now going to go to... Well, the only thing I would just add on the flights. If you are... Once you've raised your complaint with the 
um, airline. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're running into difficulties or the airline's not being cooperative, um, most airlines are compelled to, uh, uh, you know, join a ADR scheme, mm. alternative dispute resolution scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I would urge is that you contact the Civil Aviation Authority if you are having difficulties with your airline, mm-hmm. and they will put you in touch with which uh, which approved scheme that airline is affiliated okay. to. Mm-hmm. And certainly they have a wealth of information on what compensation you're entitled to the Civil Aviation Authority. Mm-hmm. And I urge, again, they've got a helpline, contact them. And are they independent? They are independent. Independent and partial, perfect. So we're now going to move on, unless Dean, you have any other contribution, because we're going to go into examples now, everyday examples. Do you have any other? No. Um, yeah, perfect. So we'll move on to the um, examples of using the new consumer laws. So... Um, Example number one. So say, um, I think Dean used this example before regarding the mobility scooter, but we'll go back into that again. So you've bought a mobility scooter. It's frequently used over the course of five months. By the end of this time, you notice that the battery is not performing properly or retaining its charge for long. The trader performs a repair, but the scooter continues to perform poorly. So you choose to reject it and get a refund. Um, so what? how is this act protected? How is, sorry, how is that um, the goods and the purchase of the goods protected under this Act? So under the Act, if as it's under six months mm-hmm. um, and you haven't had a reasonable, you know, you expect a scooter to last longer, mm-hmm. you're entitled to ask for a full refund. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's over six months, this is where it gets a, a bit different. The trader is entitled to you're entitled you're entitled to ask for it to be repaired or replaced. Mm-hmm. If you're not in, if you do not want it entitled repaired or replaced, mm-hmm. you're entitled to um, to ask for your refund. Mm-hmm. But the trader is entitled to reduce that amount of refund because you've had over six months use out of it. Mm-hmm. And in a, applying why this is the case, we have to look at it's a goods, mm-hmm. so it has to be of satisfactory quality. Mm-hmm. And in this example, the scooter isn't of satisfactory quality yeah. because the battery is not performing as it should. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if you were looking at the description and it was said, you know, good battery life, you again would say it's not lived up to its description. Mm-hmm. And certainly, if uh, it's not fit for its purpose. Yeah. And that's why you would be entitled to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was quite a, not an extreme example, but it was an example of faulty goods that I would say not high end, but it's something that, you know, a customer shouldn't expect to, you know. Well, you know, a, a mobility scooter certainly would be, you know, it's quite expensive, yeah. you know, at least 50, yeah, well, a couple of thousand pounds, I mm-hmm. can imagine some go for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as things go, that gives you a perfect example. Mm. Again, you know, we can apply this to your car, yeah. for example, any car you buy. Mm-hmm. Within the first six months, if it's not up fit, to you know not performing it's constantly breaking down mm-hmm. or it has issues you should be entitled to a refund mm-hmm. okay uh, uh, over six months you know the burden starts to move away mm-hmm. and it may fall to you that the, the default wasn't there in the beginning yeah, and, it and it can get more challenging mm-hmm. and certainly at that point uh, if a repair or replacement isn't good enough mm-hmm. a dealer may look to reduce how much of a refund you get back. Mm, okay. But again, with car dealerships, a lot of them do subscribe to alternative dispute resolution scheme mm-hmm. providers. Mm-hmm. So you should always look at that as a first course okay. before going down any court route. Okay. And on the lower end of the spectrum, so something maybe not as expensive as a mobility scooter or a car, how about a toaster? So you've bought a toaster, um, but then you find a week later that when you try to use it for the first time, um, that it won't turn on or the bread won't stay down. So what would, applying the three steps? So in, in this circumstances, you've probably purchased this toaster 
for this description that it will toast your bread. Mm. It's it for its purpose. It should be able to remain down and mm-hmm. toast it, mm-hmm. um, and it should be of satisfactory quality. You should have a toasted bread, not not something that's continuously burnt or not cooked at all. Mm-hmm. So for that reason. It certainly would fall under the Consumer Rights Act. Mm-hmm. And you, because it's under 30 days, you've only owned it for a week, you're entitled to now simply reject that good mm-hmm. and ask for a full refund. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we've talked about faulty goods. Let's go into some examples with digital content. So say if someone has downloaded a free game um, and uh, to build up some sort of virtual reality or they've built up some sort of virtual currency in the game through normal gameplay... Um, and then that person buys some additional virtual currency in order to make an in-app purchase. I know that happens a lot on computer games or even phones, I believe, nowadays. Um, how is that item now protected? So, as the this is a little bit more complicated. Mm. As the app, let's say it's a free game, mm-hmm. the game itself, if it stopped working the very next day after downloading, because it's free, you wouldn't be entitled to a remedy. Mm. But had you, if you had purchased a lot of currency to, I don't know, buy, uh, unlock new levels or buy new content within the game, mm-hmm. you would be entitled to, um, for, for that to be repaired or fixed mm-hmm. or certainly, you know, um, refunded. Yeah. Okay. Um, if, if, if you've spent money and you're unable to use it mm-hmm. in that game mm-hmm. because it develops a fault. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's an example on um, digital content um because we're running out of time but i would like to give more examples um under I, I think with that example you just gave uh-huh. you it's just worth bearing in mind that the retailer or the seller who sold you that digital content they mm. are only liable for for the parts that cost uh, that they have charged for mm, okay. any free content doesn't apply okay okay thanks for thanks for adding that on um so moving on to services so services not carried out with reasonable care and skills so an example um, you, know, you contract with a catering service to provide a buffet for you um, on your birthday for 6pm on any given Saturday. Um, you pay £25 per head for the service. Um, there is a clause in the contract stating that the maximum discount for any service problem caused by the supplier is £70. However, the buffet is delivered late and at 10pm. So that's big four hour difference um as the party's ending so what what can that person now do they've ordered for food and it's not come well the contract here is you're going to receive your the buffet by 6 p.m mm-hmm. um uh the term here we're restricting your you know uh, your ability to re- seek a refund mm-hmm. would be an invalid clause mm-hmm. The reason being is there's no if it's we're not talking here an hour delay mm-hmm. at seven pm mm-hmm. where the party would still be okay. We're talking at the very end of the party mm. where there is no way to remedy that situation. There's only one party, mm-hmm. um, and the buffet is a crucial part of that part mm-hmm. birthday party to feed your guests. Yeah, you know, delivering it at the very end of the party has ruined the experience. Mm-hmm. So a term like that wouldn't would not be valid mm-hmm. and certainly the consumer rights act again would apply because they haven't performed their skills as caterers mm-hmm. in providing that food with you know with reasonable care or or skill mm-hmm. perfect thank you so much for that ex- um answering that example i believe we're actually coming towards the end of the show so we end- no more examples unfortunately um but we would just give that little bit of advice that if you do have any issues 
don't hesitate to go back to the um, the seller. And if any other issues, um, go to Citizens Advice. Ask for if there's any um, consumer helplines to help you with this problem and um, because, you know, your rights are protected. So thank you so much, Dean, for joining us. No problem at all. This is the Ask Your Lawyer show and please join us back for our next episode. Have a lovely evening and thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We stream our daily broadcast on inspirefm.org. You'll find all our daily updates on our social media at inspirefmluton.